So we'll, we'll transition now to our panelists. Uh, but before we do, let me give a brief introduction. Just if someone stepped in the room a little later. You know, we're ATS. We like to think a lot about stuff. And we're going to think together about what's going on in Wilmore. Um, and I want us to do that together for a lot of reasons. And here's a primary one. I just, I just simply believe, I simply believe that what we read here is true. That what we read here is true. And here's one of those truths. That everyone who follows Jesus is filled with his spirit. And therefore, sometimes every one of us who follows Jesus, when we speak, the spirit may speak through us. So we need to listen to each other. Amen? We need to hear each other. It doesn't mean everyone's experience is to be followed and understood as gospel, of course. But it does mean everyone's worthy of being heard, as being created in God's image and indwelt by his spirit. So we're, we want to hear perspectives today. We want to wrestle together today. And I encourage you to wrestle with us, to wrestle with us, to think carefully together with us today. Does that make sense? I, I invite you in to be part of this process with us. So while they come up, would you welcome our panelists, and we'll introduce them in just a moment. Will you welcome with a, a round of applause? Come on up. So I think many of you know who I am. I'm Matt Barnes. I'm the newly appointed VP of Formation, which is an honor to serve here at Asbury Theological Seminary. I've been here, my family and I, since September of last year, so we are brand new and excited to be among you all. So tell us who you are and how you're connected to ATS. Ranjo, we'll start with you. My name is Ranjo Clements. Cool. Um, I am a local pastor. I pa I'm the associate pastor at GCF, which is the Vineyard Church in town, and I'm also a PhD student in the intercultural program. My name is Daisha. I am an RA on campus, and I am doing dual programs, intercultural and leadership. I'm Emily Mahoney. Um, I'm a third-year MDiv student, and I'm also a chaplain here on campus. My name is Tom McCall. I teach theology here, so some of the programs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the first question is, is the simplest one, maybe, or maybe not. Uh, I, I just want to ask you about your experience about, of, of what's been happening in Wilmer. What have you experienced? What have you been able to be involved in, if anything? And, and how have you felt about that? Has, has, has any of that changed over time? Just talk about your experiences thus far. Okay, I can start. Um, I... Um so I found out about it, like a lot of the students here, Wednesday afternoon, I had friends texting me saying, chapel hasn't stopped um, over at the university. So I, I popped over there for a little bit of time um, on Wednesday afternoon, and then went a couple, uh, a couple more times uh, later in that week. And um, also Thursday here, we had some really sweet time of, of prayer and worship, um, starting at 8 in the morning on Thursday here. So I, I was here for a lot of hours of that. Um, and over the weekend, I got sick, and so I was not participating. And then as I've gotten better, I've been back and, and sort of visiting. So that's sort of when I've been um, at the different services. 
But I think uh, maybe an equally important part of my experience of the revival has just been, or the whatever this is, has just been the conversations that have happened around it. So I've been talking with, uh, it feels like every conversation is, what do you think about what's going on? What is this? What, what language do you use? When have you been? What has it been like? Who have you talked to? Who have you prayed with? Um, and for me, it's, it's been a lot of, I've spent time both just experiencing the, the times of worship and of prayer, um, and, and also praying for, going with people and praying with people um, at the times. And I think for me, one of the, I, to put, put a big uh, sort of banner on what I've been, the ways that I've been being changed through this time um, has just been growing in an awareness of who God is in a way that I haven't before. And it's, it's sort of shifting, changing things that I've, I've misunderstood about God or places where I've been hurt and like prayer, like the, the chapel here on Thursday about prayers being answered and praying without, praying without offense so that no matter what the answer is, you know that God is good. And, and this week has been a lot of r- reminders of God is good. And, and like what he's doing here is, is good and it's good for, for me. And even when it's not clear, there's some people who've been struggling with things that have been happening and even myself, but just trusting the character of God and, and honestly being convicted about the ways that I've acted out of pride or out of fear um, because of my, my, you know, not being certain of the character of God. And so there's been... Um, some really sweet times in conversation, he, like in, in the worship spaces, but also outside in conversation with peers and, and other people who, where I've been realizing, oh, I have not known the goodness of God as deeply. And that's caused me to act out of pride. And so it's, it's been an interesting balance um, of, of like being there in the spaces and praying for people and also walking away and reflecting. And as the introvert that I am, sometimes I need the like, two hours of sitting by myself going, what is happening? To understand what's going on. But that's been a lot of my involvement. Thank you. Um, I, the way I, so I, like you, started getting texts on Wednesday and had to make it over there as soon as possible. And the, the way I would describe it on Wednesday was it felt like a weighted blanket over the room that was just lowering our resting heart rates. And it was a time marked by incredible peace and grace and really adoration. It was coming out of what you were saying. Just in, The songs that were being sung were songs about adoration. It was almost like God was saying, hey, remember me? <laughs> like, hey, I'm good, remember? We've talked before. And it was just a space that was so easy to hear and respond to God. And that grew over the next couple of days to involve our whole community. Um, and the room was getting full, but it was full of, I think, people who, who all come from this community and understood how to hold that together. And then it transitioned to the masses coming over the weekend, right? And I think initially that was an affront to a lot of us. It's like, oh, what's happening? Where's that peace? Where's that just calmness and that space that was so intimate? And what I've seen over, over the days is that, you know, as I was wrestling with, with God with that, I felt like God was saying, you know, 
when there was 200 people in a room that seats, you know, 1,600, I was there. And when there's 1,600 people in that room, they come with their expectation, their anticipation, their excitement, but also their stuff. And um, I'm going to deal with it, you know? And what I've seen is just that it, the room gets hyped and then feels like God just pours water on it and brings us all back down. And then it happens again. And it's just been a cycle of that since. So that's been my experience. Yeah, I think um, the same. We heard lots of things were happening on Wednesday um, and went over that evening. And I think I, I too would describe it as just incredible peace. Um, and I, th I think for me there, from the beginning, were a lot of um, skepticism and just like going in very cautious, like, okay, like what are you doing? Um, and then just like me being met by the Lord and even like in the room still kind of feeling, um, being cautious and a little frustration um, and just like, oh, I don't know. And then, um, yeah, like you said, I love that. Just like his like outpouring of, of love, just like bringing us back and bringing us back into focus of just like, look at me. And I felt like, a lot of times when I've like gone back and forth, um, that's always what it comes back to is him just like drawing us, just like lifting up our faces. Um, first as a community, uniting us and us all gazing at him. And then as others have come in doing the same thing, they come with their expectations, their insert, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he just says, okay, look at me. Um, being in spaces like that. And then um, I went out of town for the weekend and, and I came back and I was like, oh, Wilmore is not Wilmore anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it, it being the same thing of going in and being like, wow, so much is happening right now. And then the same thing happens. The Lord is just like, look at me. So it's been incredible. Well, I um, first heard about this because I'm, I'm teaching a course. I teach here, but I also teach a course across the street. Hi, guys. Front row. Yeah, second, third. Yeah, right there in the front. Uh, by the way, I'll just say this. Um, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a pretty nice guy, but the next time I hear somebody say anything negative about Gen Z, be ready for me. Seriously, I love you guys. So I got it. Anyway, because of a teacher over there, I get this email. And the email is like from, uh, from Kevin Brown. And he's just saying something unusual is happening. Feel free to, you know, the whole community, feel free to make your way back to Hughes as, as you can. So I, um, Thursday afternoon, I went in. And I, I come to these things uh, from a background that... that prepares me to be grateful in some ways for, for certain sort of extraordinary um, or what Jonathan Edwards calls surprising works of God, but also, honestly, um, cautious. I, I've just seen enough abuse and enough manipulation over my five, five decades that I, I'm 
I'm cautious. And I walked in, and within seconds, I just couldn't speak. Greg Hasseloff, the, the dean of the chapel over there, who's, who's just so great, he, he reached out, you know, he was standing there and trying to chat with me. I, I couldn't talk. The sense of sweetness and the, the calm, gentle, powerful work of the Holy Spirit was just almost palpable. And I, I wanted to stay. And I, when I had to leave, I wanted to come back. So I was there for a while Thursday afternoon. I was there for a while Thursday evening. Friday morning, I wanted to come right back in. Friday afternoon, I came when I could. Friday evening, I spent time there. Saturday morning, I wanted to come back. Saturday afternoon, I was there. Sunday afternoon, I was there. And, and this hit me, by the way. I was in a really good rhythm. I've got this tight deadlines, like the biggest writing project I've ever tried to do. And I was in a really good rhythm. And I sat over there and I thought, yeah, I'm not doing anything on that. <laughs> and I also thought, honestly, of the sometimes misunderstood words of, I just realized I'm, gonna, I'm making it sound like I'm Thomas Aquinas. I'm not. But the sometimes misunderstood words of Aquinas when he had this encounter right near the end of his life, hope that's not true too, but right near the end of his life, he had this encounter with the Lord. And after his close to 10 million words of dense theological prose, he said it seemed like straw to him. Now that's not to say that it's unimportant or unhelpful or wrong or anything like that. But in comparison, it was like straw. That was my experience you, um, for the first, first few days. I was, I'm just in awe. Uh, by, Saturday, by Sunday afternoon, I've, I started to realize that things are shifting. And by Monday, it's a very, very different, different thing going on. And by Sunday afternoon, I realized my place is in the prayer rooms and in the hallways and acting as an usher. I got drafted as a, as a platform bouncer over there for a while. <laughs> I, seriously, standing on the steps, keeping people from coming up and grabbing things. Um, that's not something I thought I would be when I came to, to work at, at Asbury, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's, a little, there's a little clause that says, and other duties as necessary, right? <laughs> um, platform bouncer being one of them, right? No, it's just a different thing. And it's a very, very different, um, it's, it, I, I just see it as a very, very different um, time. And I'm grateful for that. But also I think, you know, there's a point at which, you know, you get time on the Mount of Transfiguration, and as soon as you want to set up shop and build, build houses there, Jesus says, no guys, this is not what it's about. You got to go. And in some ways, that's, I think that's what's happening here. So I've, I've experienced the two very, diff, very invested, my experience, because I love this place. and I love both sides of the street. And I have, actually have two children on that side of the street. I've experienced this very invested in two very different aspects. Um, and I know the Lord's working in both, but it, I, I just see it as different. Well, my, my experience was uh, serving those first couple of days, um, going over and seeing the staff at AU 
even that first day seeming completely blitzed and just thinking, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? And it, it became to pray, praying for students that were coming down. And so all of my first experiences of, of what happened, what is happening here, were all um, being utilized to serve others. And I felt very unabashedly positive about it. And then my whole family got sick. And I started hearing that other people were not having unabashedly positive experiences. And some people would enter into Hughes and not feel love and peace, but feel loneliness and neglect. And, and would report that everyone's eyes are closed and hands are raised, and there's someone in great pain right here, and they don't see them. So the next question is, is this one. I'll ask you how events like this can create complex responses like that. And what, what kind of responses have you heard that are complex like that? And how do you think we can steward spaces for different kinds of responses from faithful people of God in the middle of this? Well, that's an easy one. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I heard a lot of the same. And in full disclosure, I think I experienced a lot of the same. I went through, I'm still going through highs and lows with it, just as it evolves, as you said, you know. And I think I think something that I've, that's been sitting with me is just, or what I've been seeing in myself is, well, two things. One, I just love to put things in boxes, especially all of us here, a lot of us here are leaders, theologically trained, and so we come into environments like that and like, all right, so now what do we do with this? And then if it's not happening the way you know, I'm from a charismatic Pentecostal tradition, so the things I expect to see when I see the Holy Spirit move, and it's not happening that way, well, then I'm, I can be offended, and I can, be, I can feel rejected. And I was kind of taking some of that to the Lord, and I felt like God was saying, well, I'm meeting everybody where they are. You know, especially in this town, this is a holiness renewal-oriented town. It's going to look different than you know, a revival in India where I'm from, you know, where there's just a lot of different things happening. And I was like, can you be comfortable with that? Like what I'm doing with you and what I'm doing in other people. But I think the flip side is something you said, or I think both of you said, just about creating spaces to facilitate conversations about it one-on-one, -on -one, in groups, to be human. Because the emotions we feel, I think when God meets us, he brings a lot of stuff up, you know? Our insecurities come too. It's not just a, oh, wow, this is great. I'm now fully functional in all, in all my capacities, you know? No, like God wants to deal with all our stuff. And so there's moments in the room to deal with that. But I think there are also moments to deal with it with mentors, with friends, in groups. I think all of those are necessary for like a healthy response. Um, I, uh, I, I think, yes, it's, it's the whole like 
it seems like what's happening right now is a lot of stuff is bubbling up. Like, things that are already, I know for me and, and for other people that I've talked to, it's, it's there's the way that we understand God and what God is doing in our lives and the way that we have been understanding that is sort of plays into the way that we're experiencing what's going on. Um, and I, I think just for, for some people, it's like, it's easier to lean into what's going on because it's culturally familiar or even spiritually familiar. But I think just for myself, especially as thinking as a chaplain for, for my fellow students, it's just being ready, keeping my eyes out for, for the ways that people are responding and being attentive to the people around so that it's not just everyone with hands up and not seeing the person next to you that's really hurting. Um, but it does seem uh, like God is doing what he does um, in, in this time just really intensely. Um, but that means that sometimes things will take longer than we're expecting, and, and it won't be all fixed all right now. And so I think one of the things that I've had to like, catch myself from is, is getting impatient with the work of God in myself, even during this time where things are like... God's been showing me so many things, and it's like, but it's not, it's not all fixed right now, and that has to be part of the, like, part of the attitude is it's not fixed, We're, and it has to be not about everything being fixed, but about the presence of God, who, which he's always offering to us, so, you know, that's, that's sort of some of, the, like, the complexity, but I think just, like, the conversations, I know I've had professors who are gracious and, like, make a lot of time in class to address, like, okay, what is going on here? And even, I was just in ethics, and we were talking about the ethics of what's going on. So just having those formal and informal places to process what's going on and, and attentiveness to the people around us is really important right now. I think I've had a lot of conversations with people who um, have been, like, doing the work have been praying for people every night, have been um, leading in worship, things like that. Um, and one interesting thing that I've seen is, is what happens, the responses, when we come to the end of ourself. And I think that looks different for all of us. Um, and and I think I think you said like how do we like steward these spaces to to process. Um, I think we have, one thing that I, I love um, about my personal journey with the Lord is how he just walks alongside us wherever we are and, and how, however we are. And I think that as we continue to, to process, allowing people to um, just come as they are, maybe they're, they're ang angry because they just remembered a time previously um, where maybe there was some religious trauma um, and they haven't fully processed it yet, um, allowing them to come as they are and say, do you want to talk? Maybe you don't want to talk. Um, and just like walking forward together, I think is a really important piece of, um, of processing and allowing that space to um, just like partner together as as friends, as peers, as mentors. Well, thank you, thank you, Lana. I, 
just a couple of things that I just keep keep thinking of, and one of those is that we need to just remember our and I mean it's like the most obvious thing about us, right? Maybe, but we in moments like this we can sort of forget our limitations and our finitude, our humanness, and we need to we need to eat well, sleep well. Um, we we just need to do it's nothing unspiritual about any of that, right? And we we need to just accept like our, we're made with limitations and needs for a reason. And rather than neglect those, we need to be aware of those, be mindful of those, and and embrace those. And that's just one thing I just keep thinking of. Also, I'm tired, so I'm not sure I'm doing that great of a job. <laughs> um, but secondly, is I just keep thinking about give people space and give the Holy Spirit work to work in different lives in different ways. And if certain people are um, here for various reasons and they're here for uh, with various background baggage expectations, view that charitably, right? And um, and let let go of our of our sort of need to control certain things. So I keep thinking of, of those things as well. And then the third thing um, I just keep thinking of is the need to pray for and give charity and charitable trust toward um, the leaders who are trying to shepherd this. I mean, I, I feel like they're walking a tightrope, but it's not just that. It's like a tightrope that's that's shaking, right? Uh, because it's changing all the time, and the, the situation is, and, and um, I'm just trusting that the same spirit who's working in, this, in our midst can also continue to lead and guide them. And um, whatever they do in some cases, the leadership on both sides of the street, it's going to be, they're doing something too soon or too late. Too much or too little, right? And this is not the time for that. Um, it just isn't the time for all of us to be trying to be making all the decisions on these things. And so I think pray for them and also just respect and treat what's going on with, with charity. Can I add one thing to that, Matt? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, where? Over here. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what you're saying, the words that I've been hearing and just speaking over myself is... Just don't be easily offended. You know, I've served as, in prayer. I've served as one of the worship leaders. We're also hosting a site now. And so there are so many levels of communication happening. And there's so much opportunity for me to be offended by different messages, different things, different expectations people have of me being scheduled for worship set, getting it canceled, you know, whatever. It's, there are these things that we're just human and we're in a emotionally charged, spiritually charged environment. And I've just tried to practice this, not well always, but I'm trying, is just to hold it loosely and not be easily offended by things. Just allow grace for leaders and people. But the other thing with that is when we have these emotions, we got to talk to somebody about it. You know, if we hold it in, it does become isolating. When you're in pain and someone's got their hand up and no one sees you, if you don't go 
talk to someone you trust or someone you know and someone you know who can point you to Jesus, that's, that is just going to fester, you know? It's been interesting that um, some of the early conversations and like, hey, how are you feeling? Um, were almost, many of them were very positive that I think we all had with each other. The last couple of days on campus here, how are you feeling? <sighs> I'm tired. And it's exactly what Tom was saying. I heard, I don't know who said it, I apologize to whichever professor said it. Said, one, said the most holy thing you can do is take a nap. <laughs> maybe, or, or eat a snack. Um, maybe another snack for me. Um, <laughs> but, but through this, how, how do you think you know, we could promote holistic health through this? And I mean, how, what advice would, would you experts in holistic health give us <laughs> to pursuing some holistic health in the midst of the craziness around us right now? I think we should start on the other side of the... <laughs> come on, let's just, let's just come this way. <laughs> maintain um, regular rhythms. I mean, these are, you know, one thing we'd learned from, from the history, and I'm, this is not my area of expertise, but I've read enough to, to, to have somewhat awareness. One of the things we learned from these is that we should expect every, every type of person to be showing up with all different motivations. Those who are hungry and thirsty and desperate, those who are just curious, those who are skeptical, and those who come sometimes with bad intentions. And we, if we get caught up in everything and um, we're, we're less likely to be fully, fully engaged after a certain point. So I just think um, trying to keep some regular rhythm, um, like going home and walking my dog is a really good thing for me right now. Like um, taking a walk um, over on the Asbury Trails with a friend where we can just talk the whole time that's so refreshing for me right now. Um, and this afternoon, there'll be waterfalls out there, so that'll be nice, so, yeah. Um, I would sort of reiterate, I think I've found some of the most helpful stabilizing things for, for me have been just the regular rhythms. Um, you know, meetings with my, you know, small group, times of prayer, things like that um, have been really helpful for just keeping me grounded and reminding me that Every, the whole world is not Hughes Auditorium. Um, and I think um, another thing is just recognizing that like, and just encouraging people to remember that like, God is present everywhere um, and he's eager to pour himself out um, in, for, for every person in every place. And so you don't have to be in one of these spaces to experience God. Um, and sometimes what you actually need most is to leave and to go home. And there's, there's, a, there's been a lot of language about like, come and see, you have to go, you have to be there, you have to be in the space. When really like, yes, there's, we've all spoken about some, some wonderful experiences by going and being in the room, but, but God is present everywhere. And sometimes the place that he wants to be is taking a nap. Um, praying with friends, taking a walk, those sorts of things, not, not f feeling like you're missing out by not being in this space because you're not necessarily, like 
sometimes you're missing out by being in this space. So, um, yeah. So good, so good. Um, I think continuing in that same vein, an, an experience I had is I, and I'm sure some of you felt the same, um, is kind of feeling on, on the outskirts or like, I'm not doing enough. And like, even though like, you're already kind of like tired and like, I don't know, you're still like, I should be there, I should do that. Um, but I had, a, I had a reading to do for class. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't, I have to sit here and read. And the Lord met me in that space, um, like in my reading. And I was, and it wasn't something that um, I expected because I was kind of rushing to get it done before class. Um, and none of us ever do that. It's, it's just because of, of what's happening, but you know. Um, and the Lord met me in that space. And so as with eating, as with um, exercise, doing the classwork that the Lord brought us here, he was doing a work before this um, uniting, outpouring, whatever we're calling it. Um, and he's still in those, doing those works. He, he brought us here for class. He brought us here to, to teach, et cetera. Um, and he's still in that too, so. I think the anxiety that comes from FOMO is just like so strong. But the, the truth is that, you know, I articulated how I felt that first day worshiping in Hughes. And I felt the same way worshiping here just now. You know, God's presence is here. I think along with what he's doing there, we carry it out. That's actually how these renewals and revivals go, right? You carry it out to places. And I think there's, a, there's just wisdom in not being afraid and trusting that God sees you and sees me. And whatever he wants for us, he'll give. But he's a better leader than we are followers, right? Like we can trust him to give us what we need as opposed to trying to manage it ourselves.